0: Welcome y bienvenidos to Presently Aquí with Claudia, an insightful mindfulness podcast to help you discover ways to control your thoughts, emotions, fears, and essentially mastering self-love.
1: My first guest is the very beautiful and generous Erin Darling Toralva. Erin is a stand-up comedian, writer, actress, currently starring in the very funny digital series Border Patrol. And she's also a fellow podcaster, where she discusses body positivity and self-love. It's called Hot Pizza Ass. Yes, you heard that right. Hot Pizza Ass. I love it. I love it how she came up with this name. Welcome, Erin. Hi.
2: Hey. Thank you so much for having me. Of
0: course. (laughs) Thank you. How did you come up with this name? (laughs) Um. You know,
2: I just I love puns, and as a comedy writer, I love a good corny joke. I don't know, and um, and I just thought of that one day, and it all kind of came from an idea for a photo shoot, actually, Mm -hmm. um, which I also thought would be a good podcast because. The photo that I took was very controversial, controversial, uh, people had a lot of opinions about it. So, um, so I just knew that there was a bigger topic to delve into there. And that's why I started the podcast and called it hot pizza ass. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love saying it even. <laughs> it's wonderful. I love it. Okay. So my next guest is the lovely and compassionate Dr. Liliana Garcia. Dr. Garcia is a psychologist that specializes in healing childhood trauma in adults and adolescents. She operates from a bottom-up approach to trauma, helping her clients become aware of their body sensations and find inner safety. And I also love this because she also has her own podcast. It's a bunch of podcasters. <laughs> it's called the Beyond Resilience Life. Uh, welcome Dr. Garcia. Hi. Oh, you're on mute. <laughs> all good, all good. I all good. Of course. One thing I wanted to bring up um that I loved about your bio was not only is Dr. Garcia a psychologist, she's a Boricua psychologist. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, how are you ladies feeling today?
2: Good.
1: Yeah.
3: Good, awesome. yeah. Getting grounded after handing the kids again. So kind of right. like,
4: yeah, <laughs> situating Amazing.
1: myself. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. All right. So usually I have someone moderate the meditation, but I will host that today. And it'll be a short few minutes. Um, and I love starting with a meditation because it'll help us... Um, take in the information that Erin and Dr. Garcia are going to give us today. So I'm excited. Um, All right, perfect. So if everyone can find a comfortable seated position, um, if you prefer, you know, you don't have to close your eyes. You can just look down, rest your eyes. All right. We're going to start with three deep breaths. So we're going to inhale. And we're going to hold it and release. Inhale again. Hold it release inhale hold it and release now the next breath you take start to scan your body feel for any tightness that you may have holding on from the day so we'll start from your toes up your ankles go through your calves all the way to your knees Now, from there, notice if there's any tension. If there is, take a deep breath and let that tension go. All right, and then we're going to go back up to our thighs. If you're a woman, up to our womb, the lower back, your hips. Notice also if there's any tightness or any uncomfortableness. If you have to adjust the way you're sitting, please do so. Take a deep breath and let that go. All right, now the next breath, we're going to expand the ribs and hold it, let that go. The next breath is going to go into your heart, and we're going to let that go as well, if you're holding any tension in there as well. Now let's continue from your fingertips to your palms,
0: your arms, your shoulders, and your neck. If you need to move your neck around to release some tension, do so. Breathe, hold, and
1: release. Now I'm going to take another inhale up to your neck, all the way up to your head, giving gratitude to your brain and all the things that it does for us and release
0: any tension, any tense thoughts that we may have from the day. All right. So another deep breath through a whole,
1: feel your entire body, all of the emotions throughout the day that you've been through and we're going to let them go. Just release. We're going to take three deep breaths to end. Inhale, release. Inhale again and release all of that tension. Last one. Inhale all through your body and let it all go and release. And now you can open your eyes slowly as we begin this wonderful conversation thank you ladies thank you so much oh my goodness i'm so excited to have the both of you today um so i'm i'm going to start with dr Garcia. she's the trauma expert here mm-hmm. and i wanted to start with humor triggers um i wanted to ask you how does humor become a defense mechanism how does that even why is our, that our go-to well, I mean, it's not for everyone,
3: it's not a go-to for everyone, but in general, it's, it's a way to deflect whatever is going on. It could be something that has been learned, that has been passed down, especially if, if a family member, someone that you grew up, and it's an easy way to release kind of a detention. So sometimes I even recommend it as a way to kind of break any like arguments and stuff to kind of light. So... Right. So it, it it depends on each person, but right. not everybody uses it. Sometimes right. people use more sarcasm.
1: Oh, true. That's another one. I love that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like when I say like we mostly use it, I feel like in our community, um, because we always have that somebody's funny in our family or a few people, right? That's always like the most obviously from the other defense mechanisms. Um, and um, Erin, I wanted to ask you what triggered you growing up to use humor. To deflect. Um, well, first of
2: all, uh, can you guys hear the leaf blower that just started happening?
4: <laughs> <don't>
2: no. <know>. I, <laughs> I was like, me, like, <laughs> said my name. I was like, no. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. For, for me, for humor. Um, I mean, I think that. You know, I've always used humor as an easier way to approach difficult topics and I feel like I do that in the way that I write and Mm -hmm. in uh, some of the things that I talk about via stand-up and there's just something about using it that you know it's it's kind of like a a good icebreaker um and also a good a good exit if things get uh, Mm kind of tense or difficult to talk about so it's good for an entrance and an exit. I like
1: that. I, didn't, I, didn't, I never thought about it as an exit. I always use it as an yeah. entrance. <laughs> that, yeah. I, that's a good one. I, did you want to add anything, Dr. Garcia?
3: Well, the thing that I was going to add is also like I'm thinking when I work with clients, i working with someone that's nervous if I'm doing an evaluation or something. Using humor is also a way to kind of like help mm-hmm. loosen things up. And I usually, I've never thought of it as an exit, but that's a good one as well. But usually as the beginning to build the relationship and the rapport. So, because when people start laughing, it just like releases the muscles and a lot of them go to like more of a parasympathetic, like nervous response so more regulated.
1: Right, right. I mean, I love using it. I've been in hospitality my whole life. And usually, you know, if you make someone laugh, they'll never forget. You. So that's another mm-hmm. thing that people never forget how you make them feel, and laughing is such a positive experience that, yeah, it's worked. It's worked really well, Erin, I see your face. <laughs> Use it. <laughs> um, um, I wanted to ask you, Dr. Garcia, um, what are some of the negative effects of using humor as a defense mechanism?
3: Well, what I would say in general would be more if you're ignoring or avoiding. If 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 it's used to continually and consistently avoid things, then that's when it be, can become problematic. Mm-hmm. And what I mean with that is, and I right now we're going through a lot, of right. so I am mm-hmm. not the type of person to always be regulated. There's times that distra- distracting yourself or just you know watching comedy, going to a comedy club, and or just sitting and watching TV to like mm-hmm. numb yourself out. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's needed and Mm -hmm. laughter could be part of that but Mm -hmm. at the same time if you use it always to avoid things then you might avoid really processing stuff Mm -hmm. and the more you avoid it i always like to think of the pandora box Mm -hmm. and the more you keep locking it then it can kind of like it's bouncing up and when Mm -hmm. it opens it could be too much and then that could have another effect and that can also impact relationships because then people are like oh my god like i cannot talk to you because i cannot you know, you're always deflecting via humor. So some of that those are some of the different consequences that can happen. But in general, avoiding and ignoring right. for too long.
1: Right. Yeah. And Erin, in your in your work realm, do you come across that situation? Do you like, ever feel like some people are just using it more as a coping than having a good time?
2: I'm sorry. I muted myself because of the leaf blower. Yeah. You're good. You're I'm good. Muted. I'm here though. Um, no, I feel like sometimes people use humor in the way that uh, I think sometimes people use gossip. I think mm. that sometimes we use it as a bonding mechanism, and sometimes that can be really effective. And sometimes, depending on the topic, or you know, sometimes you're, you're not on the same page with everyone's sense of humor, and that can be really problematic. I mean, you know i'm i'm latina but i'm also white and so i've been in rooms where people say stuff that's awful <laughs> and and it's like yeah we're on the same page right and you're like no like definitely not actually right. so um it depends on how people use it as a tool because it is great for bonding uh but i feel like sometimes it can be problematic in those yeah. scenarios specifically in my experience
1: interesting yeah yeah i can i can definitely see that um and dr garcia you said that you use it also in the way you um you know, deal with your trauma patients, how do you use it as a positive experience?
3: If it's something that it's accessible to them, hmm. like sometimes I recommend going back to watching, you know, funny things. I'm even thinking of, I grew up in Puerto Rico and, and I remember one of the one of the VCRs that might, you know, VCRs probably like new <laughs> generations are like, yeah. what is that? Right. <laughs> but right. For those that know, I, my grandfather, but from Cantinflas, And Cantinfla was a huge thing and it was all about funny, you know, so sometimes I recommend if that's accessible as a way to release tension as a way to kind of Mm -hmm. cope and just have a, you know, ease up because we've been going through so much and there's a lot of people going through so much so it could be used as a coping skill. I also use it depending with, like, when I'm doing testing or when I'm working with a hard case and I see the tension, I usually, like, see, like, their shoulders up or, like, kind of, like, a little bit like that. Like, you know, saying a joke here and there can help ease up things and can make them feel more comfortable, more – I can bond with them, and I can also help them uh, let go a little bit of the tension and the fear that they have to go – if we're gonna process trauma or just if we're doing a testing or something, yeah.
1: Right, right, that's wonderful. Um, and Erin, at what point in your life did you realize that humor was something that you could turn into comedy and make a living out of it? What was that pivotal moment for you? For me, it
2: was kind of an accident. I was actually, uh, I was in content production. I've been producing content for a startup and mm-hmm. uh, I thought I was gonna go into journalism and TV hosting and stuff like that. And I was doing that, and then all of a sudden, I started producing comedic content and got into a joke writing class, which led to stand up and writing and everything else. Um, so it was kind of an accident for me. Mm. Um, but I don't know. I feel like I've always been someone. I remember the first time I made my parents laugh as a kid. Mm. And it was just the, and it was completely accidental. It was bec- I used a word incorrectly? And they thought it was so funny and they both just laughed. And I remember like specifically how it felt in that moment. And I remember like thinking, oh my God, I want to be funny. I want to do that again. And like trying to figure out how to be funny, which is really hard when the first time you make people laugh, it's like an accident.
1: Right, right, right. That's so interesting. Yeah. And how how are you feeling, you know, now that now you're in it, right? So how does it make you feel versus like what you were planning to do, right? Like why, why did you decide to stick with it? You know, it's really, it's, that's a great question. I think just because it's opened
2: so many doors. And mm-hmm. I think that, I always, when I was doing news and journalism, I was doing entertainment news. I always kind of was looking for ways to add in a joke or to make something funny. But a lot of the times you can't always interject your opinion on things that are going on depending on who you're working for or with. Um, Sometimes that's really looked down upon, especially in traditional reporting. So I kind of liked the freedom and the opportunities that come with working in a comedic field because I just have more creative expression ultimately, which is super rewarding and uh yeah i could see myself if i'd gone down the other path like hardcore i think i Mm -hmm. probably at some point would have gotten stuck and not really Mm -hmm. known you know what to do next
1: right right wow that's really interesting how that just came and just happened you're like wait a minute this is actually pretty awesome and how that works out (laughs) dr garcia um well, with what Aaron said, what when you know when certain situations or certain industries that don't allow or welcome humor, uh, which is weird for me because it's so needed. What is it? Do you what? What in your opinion? Why is that? Like, why is it people that that it's not even like a specific industry, but also it's people that run it, like they won't allow that that wonderful joy to come through.
3: I think is that way of keeping like the mask, keeping the I'm strong because sometimes laughter, if if it really is contagious, like there was a video right now, I think it went viral on TikTok about, and then I'm seeing more the grandma. Um, it's not a joke. What is it? It's um, there's it's I know it sounds like some dialect in Spain. I think Ooh. from Barcelona, maybe Catalan, but she is telling her grandma that she's gonna do a video for her school to get a scholarship have you seen it Erin no I, no so she's gonna get yeah so she's gonna get a scholarship and her grandma is like 80 something so she needs to act like they're going through something so then mm-hmm. as she's when she's gonna start recording it the grandma cannot contain the laughter and then the person when they're kind of like calm down then then she starts doing the video saying like yeah I'm here with my grandma and she's really you know she's going through so much and she's pregnant and then the grandma started laughing way more and it was so contagious the whole laugh that it kind of like lowers your guard and Mm. I think that's why a lot of people don't want to because it can lower the guard and then if they're more now let's in you know like bring more of the trauma awareness if they're more kind of in a heightened mode, fight or fly, kind of like go-getter and, and laser focused. When you laugh and you come down and you feel more relaxed, then you might feel like you don't have the same strength to be back laser and, focused.
1: Yeah, and also maybe loss of control, right? Yes,
3: it's the loss of control, yes. Yes, mm-hmm. because if you've been, a lot of people in, in different industries, I remember I also survived in being in that mode, in being in that, you know, go, 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 go. You know, this is what I need to do, this is, you know. And laughter and something like that can kind of like crumble it up and then I might lose my <laughs> my focus mm-hmm. and then everybody else might lose their focus. Right. And then, you know, if and that's the thing with a lot of environments that you, they're like kind of exploiting you, I would say. Kind of like, you know, everybody has to keep on going. You cannot even pause.
1: Right, right, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, did you want to add anything, Erin, to that? Oh, no,
2: no, that was great.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's sadly how it is, but, you know, COVID, you know, kind of reformed and rearranged things, and we're like, no, we need to laugh, and we need to talk about our feelings, and um, so I I think it's so super important. Um, So I wanted to um, ask, Dr. Garcia, how can we... uh, use humor to heal as well you know and now that you're even saying how you're recommending it more so now what are what are certain things about the body or the mind that um that can help like with the laughing and whatever else that you may need watch something or find that funny friend
3: so i know there's definitely a lot of like good or happy hormones that get released when you laugh Mm -hmm. so there's that part right now I will not necessarily know like the specific but I bet serotonin dopamine and all that Mm -hmm. but beside of that I would say like I always like to encourage my clients to become aware of their own bodies Mm -hmm. and become aware of how they sensations in their bodies when they're in tense mode when they're overwhelmed when they're stressed and also to kind of start noticing how different it is when they're about to sleep, when they're having fun, when they're laughing, when they're bonding with someone. And the more that you become aware of that, then you can kind of start noticing what helps you and what doesn't. And, and then that could be part of your coping skills tools because it's a toolbox that it could be used. And maybe laughing with your boss might start funny, but then it might end like awkward and they might not yeah. be the best. So like, and that's why becoming aware mm-hmm. of, of of your own sensations. And when somebody's when I say this and somebody's like, what do you mean with that? It could start with your breath. Mm-hmm. Is it shallow? Is it, it goes all the way to your belly? Does it stay in your chest? Are you inhaling? Are you breathing? Yeah. It could also start with your body temperature. Usually when we're in a, fight or flight mode we feel more heat rising usually it's like a heat rising but also when we're in the complete opposite and we're numbing completely then we feel cold and tingly so that's also not good either end of the spectrum so but noticing a calm temperature that also resonates with your environment the other thing that I like to say is any tension, like screening from head to toe, any tension, or even become aware of your shoulders. Are you in your um, jaw? Are you clenching your jaw? All those kind of things. And the last thing I like to say is also about, wait, like I said, breath, breathing, temperature, and if there's any shaking. Because usually you're able to tell if there's any shaking or movement that can also signal something so the more that you become aware then you can figure out what helps you what works I do those TikToks at night and I'm specifically looking for funny ones and when that video that I'm saying that you know I can send you the link if you want to add it yeah it was like I started laughing and that released all of that and then I was able to go to sleep way easier because that helps me but I'm aware of that
1: so that's why you know becoming aware right Right. Erin, uh, do you get that sense of awareness when you're performing <laughs> or yeah.
2: like, yes, sometimes like I've had, sometimes it's really helpful to obviously record like comedians record their sets or they request mm-hmm. tape and they go back and look at it, which I hate doing. I hate watching myself yeah. Yeah. Uh, perform stuff. But, um, every now and then I have this really present experience where I feel like I know, like I'm outside of my body looking mm-hmm. at myself and I can feel them like, I, sometimes I swing one arm oh, interesting. sometimes I'm like, I don't even know I'm doing it. And then sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, you're staring, you're swinging your arm. You got to stop swinging. <laughs> like, it's so weird when you're cause like, you don't really, you have to think about paying attention or being present in the moment right. to right. even be there. And it's so funny, the stuff that, um that Dr. Lidiana was saying is that I had, I can relate to that, like feeling these sensations. I had Mm. to do a rehearsal for this movie that I'm doing um, this past week. And part of the director wanted us to do this exercise, me and this other actor, where we just like made eye contact and improvised stuff. But, and it was so weird because it's the first time I'm meeting this actor Mm. and just like looking into someone's eyes and like that's part of the exercise. Like I was like, I was getting hot, like my upper lip was getting sweaty. I was just like, this is so weird. Someone I didn't know either. It's like, I've never worked with this person before. And I could just like feel myself getting so uncomfortable and we did it for, like, 15 minutes. <laughs> it was so oh, wow. wow. I've
3: done those, but I haven't done it for 15 minutes.
2: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it, felt you, it's, it felt so intimate. Like, something you do in therapy was, like, someone, like, a lover or something. So it was very intense. Wow. But, yeah, it was so strange. I felt, like, all of those sensations that were, like, oh, you're uncomfortable right now. Like, this is this is something you never normally do. You're very out of your element, you know? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, for you, it's it's a lot different, right? Having uh, you're planning to make people laugh, right? Versus being witty on the spot, like how is that? How do you even? I can't imagine like planning to be funny like that. Can't? <laughs> how do you do it? I mean, you're great at it. I mean, I don't know. We talked about it, but you're really good. Like, how do you, like planning and having right? Because it's there's such a thing, comedic timing, right? I don't, I wouldn't be able to, yeah. How are you how
2: to do that i mean it's it's a very personal process, I think for everyone mm-hmm. um planning like I hope to be funny i plan the way I plan to be funny is is you know, writing material that I think will work or that entertains me, mm. but, you know, being in the moment and delivering it, seeing if the audience gets it or if they like you, and sometimes they're expecting a completely different type of comic, mm. you know, some people really like super performative physical comedy or impressions or musical comedy, and, and you know, maybe you're a storyteller and you're not resonating with that crowd in that moment that night. Mm. So it's just it's for everyone It's different and for me it's just I kind of try to rely the most on my writing and hope that that mm-hmm. it's going to be the thing that that carries me through but it's tough sometimes it can be very very hard to win over a
1: crowd. <laughs> yeah yeah I mean I'm sure you know no no two acts or when you're up there stand up or you're performing and they're not alike but like whenever it does negatively doesn't come across correctly, how, how do you personally deal with it after you're done? Like, you know, your self-esteem obviously going to affect you. Right. How do you, how do you go about it? Like, how do you not let it completely just not want to go back up there? Right. You still continue to do so. Um, how do you, how is your process with the negative when no one's laughing? Um, or- tequila. It's <laughs> a, a good place to start. Uh <laughs>
2: um you know it sucks when you feel like your material isn't working and there's so many variables and reasons why it couldn't I try to give myself the grace of trying new material at least three or four times before I decide that it's not good and um when I get off stage and I feel bad like I just actually just got back into performing since the pandemic I really wasn't doing any of the shows. So mm-hmm. now I'm starting and I had my first show last week back mm-hmm. on stage in a year and a half. And I could just feel myself like feeling, you know, I was moving through my material so fast. Mm-hmm. I was like, what, like, why aren't they laughing at the times they want to laugh? I was mm-hmm. forgetting parts of my jokes mm-hmm. it was really out of practice. And I felt so bad after I just went off stage and luckily I had some friends there who they were like completely understanding and really supportive and cool. So I think a lot of it comes back to that. It's just kind of having a really good support system and really surrounding yourself with people that understand those elements of stand up comedy. It's, Not every show is going to be your best show. Mm -hmm. Like new material can be really, really rocky, taking breaks off and coming back in. Like it can be rough getting started again. Just like if you were going to the gym, you might not be able to do the same things physically that you were doing if you took like months off. So I think that's really important. Just like knowing that you have a good, strong support system Mm -hmm. of friends and family or other comedians that, you know, they can help you not be so hard on yourself because everyone I know is hard on themselves. Probably we're all hard on ourselves. So you got to like rely on some other people to help right. Right. It, I think.
1: Yeah, so tequila and friends, copy. <laughs> that's a really long way of saying tequila and friends. <laughs> no, I mean, that's the answer I want. I don't want you to just say tequila and friends. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Garcia, you know, um, I don't know if you, if you have do you actually observe um comedians like you know when you're dealing with trauma with humor using it and observing it do you do you go and watch any any of the comedians and or, or listen to their personal journeys to see like how they're able to cope or use humor in their lives
3: you mean like comedians like erin <laughs> or like my client
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know if you have any comedian kind i'm not asking who but just in general <laughs>
3: you know it's interesting but i've had committing clients in the past and i cannot imagine like not having the reciprocity because i can only assume that that can make the nervous system go into like ah, and then being less present because it's like oh my god i need to do something and i bet that the going there will make everything else feel like weird because you're not connected so Super praise to anybody that does stand-up comedy or improv, and I have recommended videos. Again, when I work with clients, I like to create like a coping skills toolbox that works for them, so if comedy is something because some people like watching like videos of poppies and stuff like that mm-hmm. <laughs> or so yeah. but i'm i'm not necessarily i mean i bet those will be nice but i'm mm-hmm. not necessarily like poppy let me watch right. videos of poppies and stuff but if they're into it and we explore then we go there you know yeah. what are some of the things that you can use and and if comedy is one of them right. then definitely
1: right 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 Erin, would you I, i'm I'm thinking because what you just said, and then what Dr. Garcia just said, like, cause tequila and friends, would is there something else that maybe Dr. Garcia can recommend besides tequila and friends to cope when you're not getting that reciprocity from the audience, you know, um, you know, not only for you, Erin, of course, but you know, anyone else that's also in this vicinity of doing this and maybe they can learn as well because it isn't easy. And I'm with Dr. Garcia the same. I give you kudos to you because that's a lot, a lot to be up there and try and, and still continue to do. So it's a lot of courage to keep doing it.
2: Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that.
4: <laughs> yeah.
2: It's, funny, it's like, also, I, I feel like sometimes people when they know that you're a comedian, like my therapist, when he found out I did, uh, I do comedy.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: he would always call me out on like using deflective humor or Mm -hmm. you know if i was smiling too much you would always be like like why why are you uncomfortable like what's going on here are Mm -hmm. you performing is this a bit (laughs) and and so it's weird it's like that's like a very normal coping mechanism or tool that people use for healing um Mm -hmm. and i feel like sometimes as a comedian (laughs) You're like, oh, my God, how do I even deal with this? How do I, like, finding other coping mechanisms besides Mm. tequila and friends?
1: (laughs) I mean, that's a great coping mechanism for any problem, I feel. (laughs) You know, tequila and friends is just the way to go. Um, (laughs) um, What are, for you, Erin, you know, in your journey um, thus far, what are some of the positive effects that you've had Um, for yourself doing this kind of being in comedy and you know not intending to be and you know what are what are some of the positive things in your life besides you know the when you're not doing great up there with the opposite
2: well I mean having the ability to do something that's creatively fulfilling and something that's fun Mm -hmm. is amazing for me that's kind of all I've ever wanted to do Um, Mm -hmm. having the flexibility and, and freedom in certain aspects to be able to you know, to self-express, I think is really valuable. I think it's, it's really good for anyone. It, I mean, I always encourage people to, to look into creative expression as a healing modality, even if it's just journaling, that's essentially what I do when I write. I mean, I'm just writing down thoughts I'm journaling. Um, right. I think that like, it's, you know, a, a positive effect of it also is self-awareness, I think in a certain way, because, When you challenge yourself to figure out how you feel or think about a certain topic or culture or even just like events in your life, um, I think it it helps you process it in a way that's a little bit different than going day to day. But I do feel like society is moving in this positive direction. Like I feel like now, now more than ever, I'm like hearing people are getting into meditation and starting to journal and starting to do things like that anyway. So I think that I think we're in a really good place. I'm proud of us culturally. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. know if you guys have noticed that shift either, but mm-hmm. maybe it has something to do with the pandemic where people mm-hmm. are trying to really self-assess and to check in with themselves in ways that, I mean, I wasn't doing five years ago, so. Yeah, right, yeah. right.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I mean, otherwise I wouldn't be having this conversation because, because the world turned over and decided like, oh no, we need to find out what is, what is mental health? Do I, what, do I do with it? What is, what are my, you know, situations and issues and things that I have to deal with. And a lot of people never did right. every, like before Dr. Garcia was like we're running, we're running, we're running and not paying attention. And I feel like, yeah, we are, I agree, Erin, like we're in a great place and people want to laugh more and people want to be more happy and realizing like, that's so important now. Um, so yeah, it's so, so good. Um, and Dr. Garcia, did you want to add anything uh, to what Erin had just said regarding, you know, the change and the wave, have you noticed, um, you know, now that you've said also that you add, la- you know, comedy and laughter to, you know, because even in the beginning you said like, no, I'm actually offering it more so now, right? Because people are, are needing it. Yeah, no, I, I think the pandemic has brought up, and I
3: mean, we're, I think we're just barely starting, unfortunately to see the effects of the detrimental, the detriments of this in our mental health, especially because we were required to be stay at home orders and yeah, everything that has brought for people and the losses and the fears and the insecurity and not trusting either way, you know, there's so much going on and losing jobs, like, I don't, I cannot imagine, Erin, what you went through this year with not being able to perform, because mm. I'm also a dancer, I mean, now mm. I, I, I do mostly like psychology, but I, but I used to dance a lot growing up and perform, and mm. when you're performing, there's something like, like, I feel like I connected, and mm-hmm. that's what I would hear from my comedy clients that, you know, per doing and being on the stage it was like there's somewhere else like you're connected to something else like if you're grounded and you really are feeling it there's moments that you probably are like not feeling that way so not being able to be on stage or to do that with the crowd that also probably was detrimental to Mm -hmm. the mental health of many and then being an actress and not being able to do that either and then you know Mm -hmm. so all the things I would go back to finding things that feel nurturing and basic Mm -hmm. about our food, our sleep, our nutrients, nature. Mm -hmm. So many people moved out of the cities and now are kind of returning to find jobs again. But it was that need of of space, of green and connecting to our earth. Those are natural healers. And laughter, I would say, is one of the natural healers that we have. Mm -hmm. Everything else is just the icing of the cake as you keep adding to it and finding. But in general, that's what I would say: going back to basics and connecting with people, because co-regulating, and that's why I think also like like performing, you are getting the feedback from the crowd. As far as I know, a lot of people usually go with friends, and so there's a bonding connection. Oh my God, that was so funny, you know, mm-hmm. and all those kind of things. And that aspect of co-regulating is our mm-hmm. primitive way of regulating. When we were mm-hmm. babies, we regulated via our caregivers. Mm-hmm. When we are children, we regulated. We learned how to regulate via our, our parents, and we relied on them
4: mm-hmm.
3: and our caregivers to to feel safe. Mm-hmm. And that's how we learn. And some people mm-hmm. didn't have that, and, that mm-hmm. and then that adds into the trauma and all that. So bonding, being with other people, nature, food, sleep, laughter, sex, you know, pleasure, all those things are part of ways that we normally and naturally cope. So adding to that and making ways that you can improve that and have more connections to that. And I think a lot of people I'm hearing a lot of people now, and I'm also (laughs) into like gardening and stuff. And I wish Mm -hmm. I would have asked my grandfather when I was a teenager instead of watching MTV and being, you know, (laughs) like, whatever, I grew up like in the countryside of in the east side of Puerto Rico and we had like we call it una finca which is kind of like um it's a, not a rancho. yeah, yeah it's, yeah, it's yeah. more of a farm but not with animals it, he had a lot of fruit and mm. um, fruit trees and avocados and plantains and he would go there every day and my sister would go with him but I was like Mm-mm. it was like N T V and all those kind of things around that time And now that he's deceased, sometimes I'm like, can you please tell me, like, I I replanted some of my plants because they got like the fungus gnats and now I have Mm. like another, and I'm like, but I love connecting that to the plants. Mm. And I feel like that sense that is bringing me back to my roots. And I'm hearing that a lot. It's like finding back, because I feel like the pandemic also brought that we were all like here.
4: Mm-hmm. And a lot
3: of people are kind of like wanting to get back and grounded into their roots. A lot mm-hmm. of people are exploring their heritage and then all the so- social injustices and oppression was slapping your face that has always been there, but it was a slap in our face. So mm-hmm. that's what I would say, going back to your roots, going back to those natural ways and, and finding what works for you, but also knowing when are you ignoring? Cause mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a balance of, of ignoring or coping, and also confronting,
1: if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we've also been in this like culture of immediacy is how Mm -hmm. I would describe it, where just everything needs to be instant, like responding Mm -hmm. to people making decisions, like everything, there's a pressure fast and. I recently had a big decision to make, and I took two weeks. I was like, I don't care if you're uncomfortable with this. It's, I'm going to take two weeks to think about this. And I don't think I would have had the confidence to do that if it wasn't for the pandemic. It was, if it wasn't for slowing down, you know, like really thinking about things and processing events or decisions or whatever it is in your life. And I just that was the gift that I got out of it. I got the gift of time. <laughs> right
1: i I was gonna ask you like what have you gotten through pandemic since you weren't able to perform so time huh
2: time reassessing everything really realizing that because of we're in this culture of go 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 i'm you know i was doing stuff that i just wasn't i didn't even like that much i was just doing it because i felt like i had to or i had to be competitive with people Mm -hmm. in my peer group or something or Like there's just so there's this weird pressure that no one's telling us to do, but we all kind of have it with, you know, social media or, you know, doing like getting a side hustle or waking up at 5am or perfectionism, like whatever your version of that is, we all experience it. I don't know anyone that's just like completely okay with themselves as is no matter what. Mm-hmm. And not that any not that we shouldn't live our lives in total complacency, but I think that there's something important about total acceptance, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what I've been working on, and something that I've learned is just acceptance. Like I'm good enough, I'm worthy. I don't have to lose five pounds to before this shoot that I have to do. I don't have to, you know, I'm good enough. Yes. and that's Ooh, really hard that's beautiful. <laughs> it's so mm-hmm. hard to like, feel it. Yeah yeah but it does feel really good when you get there
1: yeah that's so beautiful yeah i mean that's so important i think all of us that are self-aware right we've all noticed these things that wait no i am worthy and i am loved and i am deserving of all the wonderful things that i do desire for my life right and i that's yeah. just so powerful and and so important that everyone is coming back to that. And although, you know, the negatives of pandemic are alive, but there's so many like this, right? Like being grounded, it's so important to find what that was, right? And, and parts new hobbies, something, a part of yourself that you didn't even know was there inside you, right? Just something just waiting for you to explore. Like, Hey, when you settle down and calm down, the world has stopped. There's certain parts. Right. And, you know, the same goes with not having not being prepared in sitting with yourself. Right. And having a lot of people, I'm sure therapy has doubled. Right. Everyone's like, no, actually, we all need therapists. Let's get one. You know, so I'm always asked, like, who do you recommend? Who do you recommend? So I have Dr. Garcia to recommend everyone. but yeah, it's it's wonderful to hear all the growth and the change, and you know, hu- humor is is I think I, the reason I chose this because it is a defense mechanism, but it's also a great coping mechanism, right? It's just it's it's a beautiful two way street that I I didn't expect to have or, or for all of us to enjoy, right? And and Aaron to make comedy out of the humor, right? To have all this um, and and being brave enough to continue when you're up there you know i'm sure performing it like when you do border patrol right it's a rehearsal right you're doing mm-hmm. and you have time to do it versus mm-hmm. going up there and just putting yourself out there it's it's beautiful and, and i look forward to seeing you at the end of the month i know you're going to be performing oh, yeah. um, wow. at brownish so it's really beautiful and even uh, when i went last month it was packed Saying, you know, what Dr. Garcia, we're all in desperate need. We're Everyone's just there and just standing, and like they don't care. Like, I'll stand here just to get a good laugh, and it's so needed and so beautiful to hear, and I'm so thankful for you ladies to be sharing um, your knowledge and your wisdom on, you know, one, you know, being the expert of the trauma mm-hmm. and the other one actually performing, you know, the comedy and the humor, um, you know, and as Latinas, hello, I mean, come on, you know, we're, we, we are very strong, but also having that vulnerability to speak out on how it does affect us, you know, how it helped us. And, you know, even I, I love Dr. Garcia went into her gardening and sharing with us, you know, she's not only a psychologist, a Borico psychologist, but <laughs> you know, just also all the other things that make us human in this world. Um, so, uh, Before I close, I wanted to ask Dr. Garcia and Erin if um, any last words that you wanted to share for um, people to move forward and to have that positive, to use humor as that positive um, force to move forward. What I would say would be going back to really
3: becoming aware and finding what do you like? And again, the style of humor that you like, because... And when you go to a comedy show and you see different comedians, I think you can kind of tease out, oh, this is the style that I like. This is the other style. And then there's also the normal, I feel like the um, global, (laughs) normal kind of aspect. And that's why, you know, going back to that TikTok (laughs) that I was talking about, it it was so funny, like when you see someone trying to act out something and they're laughing so genuine because she honestly believed that they were recording a video for her granddaughter, and she couldn't control when she was lying. And you see someone that is 80 something laughing so contagiously. It's just it's it's a global language, mm-hmm. and it makes whatever we're going through easier. But going back to how, what do you like? What do you don't like? Becoming aware, using it as as a tool and use it in the in, in the family like how can we eat things up maybe it's not like a full let's laugh completely but how can we ease up our what we're doing because we we're all in this sea of the pandemic and getting back because some people were able to get into hobbies some others were struggling to find a way to make money you know but at the same time we can do, 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 but there's a moment that there's not nothing else that we can do. We just have to deal with it. So, laughing or or eating things out and slowing things can help you sustain even longer. And that's what we need because we want us to be there. We don't. We want to become healthy and and continue living. Um, yeah, we don't want to like burn out very soon, which I know a lot of people are. So that's what I would say as the last.
2: Thoughts.
1: Beautiful. Thank you for
0: sharing.
2: Erin? Yeah, I would say, you know, about using comedy as an exit, since I brought that up at the beginning, um, (laughs) try that out. Uh, No, there's this amazing book called The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work by uh, John Gottman. And it's it's a great book to read if you're in a relationship or even just managing your friendships or family relationships as well. But he talks about using um, a, a repair attempt, which is basically... Uh, doing something to end an argument or to kind of break the tension. Mm -hmm. So um, When I was talking about using it as an exit, that's Mm -hmm. a good way to do it. Yeah. Using it as a repair attempt to, you know, stop an argument to lighten the mood or to maybe, you know, talk about a difficult topic uh, Mm -hmm. with a little bit of levity and light. And I think that those things are really, really powerful just in terms of conflict and communication Mm -hmm. And mm-hmm. to, like, stand up aside, like, comedy is something that we can all use in our daily lives to make our lives a little bit easier, a little bit better. And, you know, our relationship's a little bit sweeter. So that's,
1: that's what so I'm Amazing. <laughs> no, that's wonderful. Great advice from the both of you, you <laughs> know, for everyone who is listening, right? Because everyone's also coming into the awareness of not only themselves, but also what, what can I use to heal, right? What are the certain modalities out there that can help me that aren't as uncomfortable as sitting in a therapy session or or being vulnerable right because that's also really difficult for a lot of people so kind of using this as a leeway to even you know knowing that you know if that's something you know that that makes you comfortable i'm sure dr garcia will be more than happy to laugh at at any session you know (laughs) um where can the audience find you dr garcia and are you taking any new patients (laughs)
3: <laughs> great question so they can find me I would say Instagram it's one of the easiest way which I put handle here in my title so Dr. well it doesn't show The so Dr. Lidiana Garcia um, and all together I'm dr. and then the website is the beyond resilience life
0: oh there you go thank awesome. you awesome. the
3: website is the beyond resilience life and over there you can find podcasts which and I'm launching a new one soon, but I am not going to share that much. But uh, if you join the newsletter, you'll learn more about it because I'm just in the middle of recording intro, yeah. outro, and all those good stuff. But that those would be the place to find me on Instagram or in my website, John Life. Mm-hmm. and, yes, I am taking um, – you asked me that piece. I forgot. Yes, I am taking clients. I am – licensed in california so only for california residents mm. right now i'm only doing mostly virtually i might start getting into an office in el segundo so mm. that's you uh, know in california and but virtually i can see anyone that lives and is a california resident
1: amazing all right if you're in california and you're looking for a therapist she's she's the one <laughs> i mean just follow her on instagram and you'll get us a, a sense mm-hmm. of you know obviously therapy is also like if this is this the therapist for you but Um, I love your content that was with watching and it's just lovely Um, Erin where can everyone find you and also since this is a podcasting forum like we're all podcasters I love it (laughs) where can people find you and um, give us a little bit about also what you talk about in hot pizza (laughs) pizza (laughs) on your podcast
2: yeah sure so you guys can find me at Darling on Instagram with 4 H's um, Twitter Erin A Darling Mm -hmm. And my podcast, Hot Pizza Ass Podcast, is, uh, you know, it started off kind of being more about body positivity. But really, I interview people about their journeys, their struggles, and the issues that they overcome to become the best version of themselves, really. So um, it's a wide variety of topics there, a lot of comedians. So, yeah, that's
1: where you can find me. Amazing! Amazing! I love all the audience members. They were all just enjoying what we were giving them today. I even have a Spanish one. Saludos y abrazos. I oh, love it. So wonderful.
0: If today's episode resonated with you in any way please subscribe to my podcast and share with anyone that may need to hear today's message. You can find me at Presently Aki on all social media platforms. Gratitude donations are also accepted via Venmo at Presently Aki. My wish for all of you is to find the courage and strength to start the path to self-love through mindfulness because you deserve it. Remember the breath is the secret and always lead with love.